Hello, you are listening to the Faith for Life Austin podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening and I pray that this message will empower you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out in your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with him. If you're strong in your connection in Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow him. So enjoy today's podcast. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. I tell you, God is good. Well, so we've been talking about the subject of faith now for, what, five weeks? Praise God. And how many of you know, when we started, we said, okay, we're going to start on faith. And, you know, we talked about the car and, you know, we're going to kick the tires and all that good stuff. But, you know, the tendency is this. As you hear about these things, okay, I heard it. And, and I know for some of you all that this isn't the first time that you heard faith. But the reason that God wants us to, wants to teach it right now is because he's setting us up, right? So in that, in that uh, at the beginning of, uh, of faith, he said that we are to live by faith, right? So since we are to live by faith, that means our life, our livelihood, everything should come by faith, then that means that we need to be faith experts, right? How many know that you can't become an expert in one week? <laughs> right? How many of you agree that you can't become an expert in one week? What about, how many of you agree that you can't become an expert in two, three, four, five weeks? Can you, you, you like, especially something that you're going to live by. So, we are objectively studying the subject of faith, but no matter how long we're on it, know that that should not stop us. That's right, I'm not talking about y'all, I'm talking about us from continuing to study the subject of faith. Because the longer you study and become a student of faith, the greater revelation you have and the greater you will walk in that. Amen? So the tendency is, is to hear it and to become, you know, hear it a couple of times and become familiar with it. It's, oh, okay, yeah, that faith stuff, I know it. Yeah, I get it. We talked about it now for three, four, or five weeks. Yeah, it's, it's easy. Well, I just want to share something with you about being familiar, right? See, what normally happens when a person becomes familiar, they... They stop looking at maybe the manual or their instruction book. And they start saying, oh, I got that. Right? And they start going from memory now what they believe that course is. So let's say, let's take, let's take electricity. Right? There are laws that govern electricity. So if you're an electrician, how many of you know that that is a thing that can be a blessing, right? But if you don't obey those laws every time, that thing can turn around and be a curse, right? So there was a, how many of y'all remember in the Bible it talks about, it talks about David and that he went to get the Ark of the Covenant because the Philistines had it and while it was all over there, 
it was wrecking havoc in their in, in, in their area. They like you need to get you need to get our covenant out of here. This is messing us up. Well, why? Because God's covenant was wasn't with them. So you can't have the Ark of the Covenant if you don't have the covenant, <laughs> right? It's easy, right? So what winds up happening is, you know, David and 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 the guy said, okay, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna go pick up the Ark of the Covenant and we're gonna bring it back to to we're gonna bring it back to Israel, right? And what wound up happening was this: they built a new cart for the Ark of the Covenant. Come on, they got a new ride. Fresh rims, you know, and they got the they had got the two new, you know, got some big strong oxen to pull the ark of the covenant, and they're dancing, they're singing, and they're making merry as the, as the ark of the covenant is going past. And there were two guys who were driving it, you know, the chauffeurs of the ark of the covenant, you know, they they doing it, you know, they doing it. Yeah, we 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 driving the ark of the covenant, we driving the presence of God. And what happened? They went over this little bump in the road. It was this little it was just uneven, just something to shake it. And this one gentleman, what he did was, hey, I don't want the Ark of the Covenant to fall, so I'm going to, out of respect, I'm going to hold it so it doesn't fall. And what winds up happening, Uzzala is his name, he winds up dying because he touched the Ark of the Covenant. Because he became too familiar with the Ark of the Covenant. Well, why do I say familiar? Because God had already instructed them, gave them instructions a long time ago, and God had not changed on how the Ark of the Covenant was to be transported. So that's what I want to talk about as I'm I want you to think about as we're talking about Faith is to stay focused, to stay locked in. Because God really is setting you up. But the thing that will happen if you become too familiar, you'll say, oh, I have this. And you will walk out in things that you call faith and not actually be in faith and call damage to yourself. So the Holy Ghost wanted me to remind us of that. Okay? So now it talks about in our, what faith is in Hebrews chapter 11, you know, verse 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It tells us that faith is the title deed, right? It's the title. It's the deed of that thing, believing for it. We also found out that faith is the bridge, right? Bringing that which is in the supernatural over to the natural. Faith is taking those things which are not a reality and making them a reality. All right? So from what we're going to talk about today, and we've touched on it on another part, is doubt not in your heart. Doubt not in your heart. So let's take a look at uh, Mark chapter 11. And we're going to go to verse 13. Remember, we started talking. We came here to Mark chapter 11 because we said, let's go to Jesus, who is our perfect example. And 
he would show us or explain to us or illustrate or demonstrate to us truly what faith is, right? So in, we talk about the, we'll just go ahead and read verse 13. And it says, and seeing the fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came if happily he might find something thereon when he came to it, and he found nothing but leaves. Say nothing but leaves. For the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard him. Now let's jump down to verse 19. So verse 19 of Mark 11 says, And when evening was come, he went out of the city, and the morning, uh, and in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou curse have withered away. All right? So again, we see this whole thing is Jesus is walking. He sees the fig tree. We know this is an actual fig tree. The fig tree was vibrant, right? It, it, it had green leaves. In other words, it looked as if it was, it was producing, Right? So Jesus walks over to it and says, no man eats fruit from here, from you hereafter. And says the disciples hurt them. And they go. And then the next day, they come back and they see the fig tree dry and dead. Right? So what it talks about here, when it says Jesus answered them, having have faith in God. So what Jesus did with the fig tree was actually faith. This happened by faith. And then it goes further on to explain to us what faith is. So we're going to read verse 23 and verse 24. This is have God's faith. We're just going to take our time and set this up. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, that word doubt, praise the Lord Jesus. <laughs> Ooh, this is so funny. You know what? Forget it. All right. I pass just messing up. So what that word doubt means there? It means to separate. It means to hesitate. It means to waver. It means to, to be of two, two opinions. So now, he's saying don't separate, don't waver, don't be of two opinions. So now, understanding what that is, let's go back and let's look at that verse again. He says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast in the sea, and shalt not be separated, wavered, hesitate. It also means to stagger, right? In his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. All right. Now, the great thing about the Bible is a lot of times you'll see the illustrations in, in a couple different books, right? And just as uh, 
these, when you see John and Mark and Luke, everyone is telling it from their advantage, right? So what normally happens is we have witnesses, each one will share something a little bit more. You know, they'll give a little bit more graphic to it. They'll give a little bit more color to it. And when you put them all together, you can truly get the, the sum total of it, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to turn to Matthew's account, and we're going to take a look at that. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 21. Again, we're talking about this fig tree, uh, this fig tree encounter that Jesus had. Okay, and we will pick up in verse 17. And he left them, and this is Matthew 21, verse 17. And he left them and went out of the city into Bethany, and he lodged there. Now, in the morning, as he returned into the city, he was hungered. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it, and finding nothing thereon but leaves only, and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee hereafter forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. So notice what he says, let no fruit grow on you hereafter forever. In other words, what happened was because the tree was not fulfilling its purpose, God, oh yeah, praise God, thank you, Holy Ghost, he counseled it. Because it was not doing what it was supposed to be doing, he canceled it. And now because it's not doing its purpose, it dies. Woo, come on, think about it. Its purpose was to provide for man. So, the side note here. Man is not to worship Mother Earth. Green is not a religion. The earth was created by God first so that when the man was created, it would be in subjection to him. It would serve him all his time. All right? So because the tree was not serving mankind, it had no purpose, therefore, it needed not to be here anymore. Woo! Woo! That's some good stuff right there, isn't it? But now, so, so what about us? When we're walking in our purpose, come on, come on. Nothing can stop you when you're walking in your purpose. You don't have to be ashamed or be in fear regarding anything when you're walking in your purpose. But not being in your purpose, that's a whole nother thing. Right? I'm still talking about faith. Yes, yeah, still talking about faith. So what winds up happening, if you look here a little bit further down, it says um, that the, presently the fig tree dried, uh, withered away. So what was happening was this. The moment Jesus spoke to the fig tree, the fig tree started dying. But the full manifestation of the death of the tree didn't happen until 24 hours later. So with the natural eyes, it looked as if the tree was still living. Now, let, 
let's, let's think about this for a moment. In a tree, what is it? In a tree, you have, you know, you have the tree, and the tree have roots, right? The roots go to the soil. The soil brings the nutrients, and then there's also the sun, and then you have the rain. So these all work together for, quote, unquote, life, right? But when Jesus cursed it, was it not still connected to the soil? Was it not still receiving light? Was it not still have the capability to receive water? Ah, so then there's a higher level than that of the natural. There's a higher level than that of the natural. In other words, we can't let that which we see dictate that which we say. What we say should dictate what we see. The only thing that you should say what you see is that which you see from the inside. If you see it on the inside, then you should say it knowing that you will see it again. <laughs> Come on, praise God. Doubt not in our heart, right? So we're working this thing out. So, so we see that what was happening. Now, when we looked at that word doubt, Again, it meant to waver. It meant to stagger, to be of two opinions, right? So let's look a little bit further down. Let's, let's look in verse 21. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, let's read this one together, okay? Let's read this one together. One, two, three. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, ye shall, let's stop right there. If you have faith and doubt not. So notice the doubt came after the faith. So God is saying once you're in faith, don't doubt. Don't be of two opinions. That sounds like another scripture, don't it? Yeah. Don't be of two different opinions. Don't be staggered. Don't, don't be separated. Don't waver back and forth. Now, growing up, how many of you have ever been to a wave pool before? You know, that was like a wave, that was a big rage when I was like, a, when I was a teenager. And I remember what would happen is right before the wave, there would be this big, Alarm. Like there was no other sound like it. It would not be it would not be mixed up with anything else. Then all of a sudden you start hearing vroom vroom, vroom vroom, vroom vroom. And then the waves start coming. Little, then bigger and bigger. You're a kid on the on those inner tubes like, yeah. Right? So you're just having fun, waving back and forth. So when it's talking about waving, doubting, it's saying that you're, to wave is, is to go up and to go down. To go up and to go down. And to go up and to go down. Oh, I'm having a great Friday. Oh, a blue Mondays. Oh, this is a over the hump Wednesday. Oh, I can't wait till this week over. What, what? And up 
and down. And how many know that God has not called the believers to live a life of up and down, and up and down, but he has called the believers to live a life of up. We say, well, hold on, stuff happens to a believer. Stuff happening ain't, has nothing to do with you living a life of up, right? Because remember, when we accepted Jesus, what we talked about last week, what happened? We've been elevated. We've been up, we've elevated. It talks about that he, ups, he upholds all things by the word of his power. That's what it talks about in Hebrews chapter, chapter one. So if Jesus is holding it up, then who's going to let it down? But see, if you, because we're talking about faith now, if you say, I'm standing in faith, I'm standing in faith, oh yeah, this is the best year ever. And then, oh, we, okay, we dealt with this last year, didn't we? We dealt with this last year. Oh, this is a great year. 2020 is an awesome year. Then rose in COVID. Did we go up? And did we go down? This is, see, the word of God is time when we just judge ourselves, right? It's not about checking you, you, there. No, no. It's, did, did, so think about it. Judge yourself. Did you, did you go up? And did you go down? Did you just, did you go up? And did you go down? Oh, we can't, we can't go nowhere. Oh, it's getting better. Remember last summer, everything, woo, it was off the hook. Then, oh, oh we got to put masks on. This, this. Did, did, you, did you allow things to take you up and take you down? Now, I'm not talking about the vaccine or whatever. That's a personal decision which you let the Lord lead you. I'm just talking about spiritually, are you letting things take you up and take you down? We shouldn't be up and down, but we should stay in the elevated position, right? See, so what we have to do now, understanding that doubt is the enemy of faith, we need to be on the lookout for doubt. So how do we do that? How many of y'all remember the first, the first time when Adam and Eve, you know, and the, they all in the garden, everything is good, you know. They got the glor they glorified bodies. I mean, everything is good. You know, Adam was buff, you know, like, oh, he was big. You know, he was like me, you know, for real. I, I know it's hard to believe, yeah, but he's big like me. Okay, and then you had you know, Eve, you know, she was all nice, you know, she didn't know extensions or nothing, you know, everything was nice. You know, I, I ain't saying nothing about somebody with them or without it. I'm just saying that's what she was, okay. That's what she was, okay. <laughs> All right, so what winds up happening is Satan comes in, and what does he do? He questions what God said. So how will doubt come to you? It will come to you questioning. So what if a person is standing in for their healing now? What's going to happen to that person? Well, I know it's in the Bible. It says Jesus was wounded, Isaiah 53. Jesus was wounded for my transgressions and bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him, and by his stripes you were healed. So it's a fact, right? It's the truth. It, it, it can't be changed because he's, he's upholding that by the word of his power, right? But what if he won't heal me? That thought. That thought right there. 
See, that, see if, if he can just get that question in. I just got to get that question. I just got to get that question in. If I can get that question in, if I can sow that seed in their heart, right? Because remember, our heart is an incubator, right? Whatever we place in it will come about. He taught, Jesus said it himself. He says, you know, let's go back and read it again, right? Let's, let's just go back and read it again. Verse uh, 21, and Jesus answered and said unto them, verily I say unto you, that if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this, which I do, did to the fig tree, but also that you shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and it shall be done. In all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. So, if that person who we're talking about standing in faith for their healing, now the enemy puts the question is, yes, God, is, Jesus is the healer. Yes, the word of God is true. But remember what you did yesterday. Does that apply to you? Hmm? All right, so you begin to question. Begin to question. And now you're like, I'm standing in faith, I'm standing in faith, but I know what I did. But I'm standing in faith, I'm standing in faith, but I know what I did. But I'm standing in faith, but I'm standing in faith, but I know what I did. How many of you know, if faith is this way, and doubt is that way, I'm not going nowhere. Right? I'm standing in faith, oh, but I know what I did. I'm standing in faith, oh, but I know what I did. I'm not moving either direction. So I will never obtain the promise and the benefit. And that's the plan of the enemy. To make you think that you are standing in faith when you're really not. When you're of two different opinions in your heart. Now remember the place that we're talking about is in your heart. Your heart is a your, let's say your heart is a huge warehouse. Let's say a huge warehouse. Let, let's take one of these box stores. You know, where, where stores you go, one of these, you know, these box stores you go to with the, you know, bulk everything. Do you notice that in those stores that things aren't just thrown in there anyway? Things are organized, right? Why? So that when you need it, you can get to it. Well, when we store up treasure in our heart, we're not just throwing any old thing in there. We're not driving down the street. Oh, there go a tricycle with, with two wheels. Come on, I'm going to throw that in there. I'm driving down the street. Oh, there go, uh, there go a, 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 a recliner with a, with a broken arm. Oh, I'm going to throw that in there. No, you're going to put the good stuff in, right? So we're, we're supposed to be putting the good treasure in. We're supposed to be heaping it up, heaping it up, heaping it up, heaping it up. And it should look like a warehouse, not like we're hoarding. See, a person who is double-minded, their insides looks like, you know, ever seen the show they talk about hoarders? That's what their inside looks like. So even if they needed healing, they would never be able to find it. Woo! I like that one. 
So what God is saying, we are to just put it on the inside of us, put it on the inside of us. And as we talked about that, the word of faith, what happens as we're filling our house full of the good stuff, right? We're filling our hearts full of the good stuff. We're filling our hearts full of the treasure. What happens now, we're so filled with the treasure that the treasure begins to come out. So what happened with Jesus was, Jesus was so full of the good stuff that he said to the tree, no man eat from me, eat from you from hereafter. And it died. Faith cannot be exercised while the will of God is not known. Not thought to be, but known. Knowing that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know. I want to ask you, how many of you know that you know that you know that you know that you're born again? So since you know that you know that you know that you know that you're born again, then that means heaven's your home, correct? Okay. Well, if you know that you know that you know that you know that you're born again, which also means that I am no longer under the curse. I'm not saying it's none of y'all. But the people that know that they know that they know that they know that they know, then why are they allowing sickness and disease? Why are they allowing poverty? Why are they allowing depression? Why are they allowing, allowing everything that the enemy wants to give them? Check your heart. Check your heart. So, you know that the Christians are known as what? Believers. Even the world recognizes that Christians are believers. In so much that even the world would try to find a believer because they believe that they are gullible. Why? Because, oh, they'll believe anything. But we aren't called believers because we believe anything. We're called believers because we're like Jesus, right? We believe in the Father. We believe Jesus. We believe the word of God. Therefore, we're believers. And just like Jesus speaking to the fig tree, I speak to sickness and disease. I speak to, to poverty. I speak to depression. I speak to whatever is going on. I speak to my marriage. And guess what? I see the production. I'm not speaking and looking for it to come to pass. I'm speaking knowing that it's already at work. It's already at work. It's all, God is working already. Do you know that your words can stop God from working? Yeah. God's word for each and every one of us 
is that salvation is yours. Redemption is yours. You being right with me is yours. But if you won't believe in your heart and exercise your faith, you won't, a person won't have it. In so much as, check this out. Let's say we're having a wedding, right? When is that wedding legit? Is it when they walk up here? They can, you know, is it when they start kissing? Is that, is that when they're married? Is it when they, you know, when she walks down the aisle in the dress and, you know, he almost fall out because of seeing all the goodness of the Lord? Woo, come on. Is that when it happens? Is it when she, she walks down and she sees him and her eyes, she needs, she needs somebody to hold her up because she sees, that's my man. You know, I'm going to say, so when, when, when does it happen? The marriage doesn't happen until they both say what? Woo. God has come to us and has brought unto us the fullness of his love, has declared his love to us, has presented his love to us, and he said he does. But he's waiting on our I do. take that all day <laughs> so knowing this we have an enemy right so the enemy is someone who is trying to trying to contaminate your faith trying to stop your faith trying to get you wavering right so if you have an enemy in war what do you do come on don't be scared come on well, come on, talk to me, talk to me. If you have an enemy, what do you have to do? You got to fight, right. Well, the Bible calls, calls faith a good fight. It's a good fight. Now, I don't know about you all, but the only good fights I know is the ones I win. <laughs> it ain't a good fight if I don't win, right? <laughs> come on, let's take a look at First uh, Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. Praise the Lord. <laughs> It's a good fight. Praise the Lord. Uh, mm. Yes, 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 yes. Oh. Oh. Praise God. Put it on the screen for me. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. And, and let's read this together. One, two, three. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto you also are called, and have professed a good profession before many witnesses. So now, the Bible calls the faith fight a good fight, which means that if you're in faith, you're going to have to fight. You're just going to have to fight. 
You, you can't get scared. Don't, don't worry about it. Because remember, it's a good fight now. It doesn't matter. That's why David was able to take down Goliath because he was fighting a good fight. See, he didn't put his eyes on Goliath. He put his eyes on God. He's like, you? Uncircumcised Philistine? This is the most high God. How dare you talk about his people? Like, we can make this happen. <laughs> it ain't nothing between us but space and opportunity. That's what, that's what David said. That's what David said. Right? There's nothing between both space and opportunity. It's a good fight. Right? So that means whatever you're standing in faith for is going, going to require you fighting. Well, how do you know you need to be trained? Right? You can't go out there doing this. This ain't going to work. That, that's, that's not going to work. Right? Someone who is skilled will clean your clock. You know what? Right? Come on. We need to fight the good fight of faith. And one of the things that Jesus said is in our fight that we are to say. We are to say. Say what? That I am the heel. I am the heel. And you know, a good something that, that in today's now on the battlefield, something that you have which is very, very important is a sniper. Right? Why is a sniper important? A sniper is someone who is perched, right, with an optic to allow you to see far. Why? Because it allows you to engage the enemy at a distance. Hmm? So what happens with that doubt, that questioning? There's this little, this little question coming across over the hill. And you know what you be doing when it come in your mind? Well, I know that's what the Bible say, but did you, you should be pow. You should just pick them off right there. You should just pick them off. You should just pick them off right then and there. I am the heel. So what, how many times you say it? How many of those little questions come over the hill? You just sit back there. You got unlimited ammo. Guess what? You can say the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. I am the heel. 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 I am, I am, I am the heel. So what do you do if it's, if it's not just those one or two coming over the border? They begin to send a troop or, or a tank. What, what do you do at that point? Oh, this is what you do. Lord, I thank you I'm the heel. Oh, I thank you, your healing virtue and power is at work in me now. And I, even now, I'm healed. Oh, thank you for your presence. God shows up. <laughs> so now, it don't matter. It says, if God be for us, who can be against us? This is a battle term, right? So look, it don't matter what weapons they have. It don't matter how many of those questions come. We just begin to worship him. I believe you're my healer. I believe you are all I need. Jesus, you're all I need. I believe. Come on, that's what happened. You see how you see the atmosphere change, right? I told you God shows up. He shows up. He don't shows up because you sound good. Matter of fact, I believe. Come on, I'll show you. He'll still show up. He'll still show up because he's that good. He didn't say if you can hit a, hit an A flat. He didn't say that. He said if you would believe. Come on. He said if you would believe, you will see the goodness of the Lord. Woo! Come on. 
Remember what he told Martha? He said, I am the resurrection. Come on. So doubt and unbelief. So we talked about the good fight of faith. And remember what it says, as you put that screen up, the verse up. It says, the good fight of faith, it says lay hold. Grab hold of it and don't let it go. You got to be like a pit bull with a bone, right? You, you ain't getting, it ain't coming off. It ain't coming off. That's my bone. Mm, it ain't coming off. Mm-mm, no, that's my heel. It ain't getting rid of it. Nope. Mm, nope. This my, nope. No, 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 no. Can't even open my mouth, my mouth wide enough because I'm holding on to my bone. No, no, no. We have to be okay with that. It don't matter what someone else thinks about, because you know, when you're going through, when you're standing in faith, it don't, you know, I don't care what you think. I don't care how I look. I don't care. You know, I don't care if, it's, if I'm crying, if there's you have mucus coming. I don't care none about that. You know what? Because I'm standing in faith because I know it's mine and I'm not going to give up. You done got the wrong one here. Believers got, we got some fight in us, right? Believers, we got fight in us. We got fight in us. We're not going to give up. And guess what? We're taking this city. No, no, we're taking this city. No, I don't think you heard me. We're taking this city. Matter of fact, we're not stopping with this city, but we're expanding. It's going to spill over. It's going to spill over. It's going to spill over. We're taking it. We're taking it. Anything that pops up that ain't right, we pow, we're picking it off. We're picking it off. We're taking this city. To God be the glory. What are you standing in faith for? Don't doubt. Find out what the word says. Put it in you in abundance. Put it in you in abundance. Put it in your abundance. Well, how much is, is enough? This is how you know you've got enough that you can't stop talking about it. Have you ever been to a restaurant, right? They treat you real good, real good food. What do you do? You tell it, everybody you know about it. Come on, yeah, yeah. Woo, boy, I'm telling you, I just thought that was so good. I remember, matter of fact, I remember I had my, my first massage. My, my wife, she signed me up for a massage, and this is some years ago. And so I was talking to my friends. Yeah, man, I got running here, go ahead and massage. Because you know, I don't, I, I just, I would have never did it before, so she had signed me up. I'm like, yeah, I got to go in here, go get this massage. I'll call you back in a couple minutes. I'll call him back. I'm like, yeah, man, how you doing? You're like, you're like, dude, where'd you go? You're like, I can hear it. You relaxing even in your voice. Right? So what I'm saying is you begin to tell people about stuff that, that affects you, right? Right? You, you, you begin to tell people you can't hold it to yourself. Well, and when you're in faith, you can't hold it. You can't stop talking about it. Oh, I want y'all to know I'm here, right? Like, we was talking about I like the color blue. Where'd you get it? <laughs> oh, yeah, y'all know I'm here, right? Hey, so, the, you know, Jeopardy on. And the question was, was say, the answer is such and such. What's the question? Oh, y'all know I'm here, right? what it is you know that you are full of faith when you just cannot stop talking about that's all you can talk about and it's not about getting on somebody's nerves because guess what it ain't got nothing to do with them this is me and Jesus and you know and if it get on your nerve I just located it it's okay I'm not mad at you but I realized that I need to be over here for a little bit. And I'll pray for you. Because right, we're not mad at people, but you can, you'll locate people. Right? And it's okay. 
We pray for them and we want, guess what? We want them to operate in the faith of God. This is not something we're coming up with. Because remember, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Knowing that it's impossible to please God, then we cannot allow the enemy to bring that question. The same thing he did with Adam and Eve, which caused them to lose everything. See how dangerous doubt is? Dangerous. But we're not afraid. We're, we're aware of his tactics, his maneuvers. So we just pick them off. So no longer are we living a life where we're up and where we're down and where we're up and where we're down. But we live the life that God gave us in the elevated, elevated position knowing that if our emotions happen to go down, we call them to come back up. Amen. So that means if I don't feel joy-filled, I make a decision that I am joy-filled. And then I declare by faith, I am Joy feel, and joy has to show up. That's just like Jesus speaking to the fig tree and saying, you're no longer needed. That's what he said. You're no longer needed. What if I don't know my purpose? Oh, come on, come on. This is your purpose. To know the one true living God and walk in his love and we do this all by faith and not by doubt well if you enjoyed today's podcast there's a couple things I would love for you to do subscribe, rate, and review this podcast you can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185 thanks again for joining us today on the Faithful Life Austin Podcast